I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're going to be reading Jeremiah chapters 32 through 34. What a time to buy a piece of property we see in Jeremiah chapter 32, beginning with verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the tenth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, which was the eighteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar. For then the king of Babylon's army besieged Jerusalem, and Jeremiah the prophet was shut up in the court of the prison, which was in the king of Judah's house. For Zedekiah, king of Judah, had shut him up, saying, Wherefore dost thou prophesy and say, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will give this city into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall take it. And Zedekiah, king of Judah, shall not escape out of the hand of the Chaldeans, but shall surely be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon, and shall speak with him mouth to mouth, and his eyes shall behold his eyes. And he shall lead Zedekiah to Babylon, and there he shall be until I visit him, saith the Lord, though he fight with the Chaldeans, ye shall not prosper. And Jeremiah said, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Behold, Hanamael, the son of Shalom, thine uncle, shall come unto thee, saying, Buy thee my field that is in Anathoth, for the right of redemption is thine to buy it. So Hanamael, mine uncle's son, came to me in the court of the prison, according to the word of the Lord, and said unto me, Buy my field, I pray thee. This is in Anathoth, which is in the country of Benjamin, for the right of inheritance is thine, and the redemption is thine, buy it for thyself. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. And I bought the field of Hanamael, my uncle's son, that was in Anathoth, and weighed him the money, even seventeen shekels of silver. And I subscribed the evidence, and sealed it, and took witnesses, and weighed him the money in the balances. So I took the evidence of the purchase, both that which was sealed according to the law and custom, and that which was open. And I gave the evidence of the purchase unto Baruch the son of Neriah, and the son of Maasiah, in the sight of Hanamael, my uncle's son, and in the presence of the witnesses that subscribed the book of the purchase, before all the Jews that sat in the court of the prison. And I charged Baruch before them, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Take these evidences, this evidence of the purchase, both which is sealed and this evidence which is open, and put them in an earthen vessel, that they may continue many days. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, The God of Israel, house and fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in this land. So let's get the picture here. It's 587 B.C. Jerusalem is surrounded by the Babylonians under siege. King Zedekiah has locked Jeremiah up for making such negative prophecies concerning the fall of Jerusalem. You will recall that Zedekiah of Jerusalem was awarded his job by Babylon as a puppet king back in 2 Kings chapter 24, verses 18 through 20. But later, Zedekiah decided to rebel against Babylon. This rebellion is not going well. So the fall of Jerusalem is now imminent. Hey, Jeremiah, this is no time to consider real estate speculation in Jerusalem. Nevertheless, Jeremiah's cousin, Hanamael, comes to visit him in jail. 
and offers to sell a piece of prime property in Judah. That was back in Jeremiah's hometown. How prime can a piece of property be when your whole government is about to fall into foreign hands? Apparently, as a sign to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Jeremiah buys the property to demonstrate to the king of Judah and everybody else that he he's convinced the exiles will return 70 years after the first deportation. That first deportation was in 605 B.C. That included Daniel and his friends. And that takes us down to 535 B.C. when it is anticipated by Jeremiah's prophecies that Israel will once again return from the exile. Well, whatever he's thinking, God told him to buy it, as we see in verse 8. In verse 12, we see that the land transaction took place before all the Jews that sat in the court of the prison. In verse 14, Jeremiah tells his secretary, Baruch, to put the deeds into a jar that will last a long time. Better be a 50-plus year jar. Before the witnesses, Jeremiah declares in verse 15, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, The God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in this land. So while Jeremiah had been prophesying the fall of Jerusalem to the Babylonians, he is just as adamantly declaring the return of those who are exiled in the process back to Jerusalem within 70 years. As an action to validate his faith, he makes a land deal which will be useless if this prophecy is incorrect. How's that for putting your money where your mouth is? If you want to see more about the 70-year exile, then go to the notes on BibleTrack.org on Jeremiah chapter 25, verses 1 through 14. Well, Jeremiah has a few questions for God. We see that beginning with verse 16 in chapter 32. Now, when I had delivered the evidence of the purchase into Baruch, the son of Neriah, I prayed unto the Lord, saying, O Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heavens of the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Thou showest the loving kindness in the thousands and recompensest the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them. The, the great, the mighty God, the Lord of hosts is his names. Great in counsel and mighty in work, for thine eyes are open unto all the ways of the sons of men, to give every one according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings, which has set signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, even unto this day, and in Israel, and among other men, and has made thee a name as at this day, and has brought forth the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt with signs and with wonders, and with a strong hand, and with stretched out arms, and with great terror, and has given them this land which thou didst swear to their fathers to give them, a land flowing with milk and honey. And they came in and possessed it, but they obeyed not thy voice, neither walked in thy law. They have done nothing of all that thou commandest them to do. Therefore thou hast caused them all this evil to come upon them. Behold the mounts, they are come up into the city uh, to take it, and the city is given into the hand of the Chaldeans that fight against it. Because of the sword and of the famine and of the pestilence, and what thou hast spoken has come to pass, and behold, thou seest it. And thou hast said unto me, O Lord God, buy thee the field for money and take witnesses, for the city is given into the hand of the Chaldeans. Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will give this city into the hand of the Chaldeans, and into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, 
and he shall take it. And the Chaldeans that fight against the city shall come and set fire on this city and burn it with houses, upon the whose roofs they have offered incense unto Baal, and poured out drink offerings unto other gods, to provoke me to anger. For the children of Israel and the children of Judah have only done evil before me from their youth. For the children of Israel have only provoked me to anger with the work of their hands, saith the Lord. For this city hath been to me as a provocation of mine anger, and of a fury from the day that they built it even unto this day, that I should remove it from before my face. Because of all the evil of the children of Israel and of the children of Judah, which they have done to provoke me to anger, they, their kings, their princes, their priests, and their prophets, and the men of Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and they have turned unto me the back and not the face, though I taught them rising up early and teaching them, yet they have not hearkened to receive instruction. But they sent their abominations in the house, which is called by my name, to defile it. And they built the high places of Baal, which in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to cause their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire into Moloch, which I commanded them not, neither came it into my mind that they should do this abomination to cause Judah to sin. And now therefore thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the city whereof ye say, it shall be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon by the sword and by the famine and by the pestilence. Behold, I will gather them out of all countries, whither I have driven them in my anger and in my fury and in my great wrath. And I will bring them again to this place, and I will cause them to dwell safely. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. And I will give them one heart and one way, that they may fear me forever for the good of them and of the children after them. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them, and I will not turn away from them to do them good. But I will put my fear in their hearts, that they shall never depart from me. Yea, I will rejoice over them to do them good, and I will plant them in this land assuredly with my whole heart and with my whole soul." For thus saith the Lord, like as I have brought all this great evil upon the people, so will I bring upon them all the good that I have promised them. And fields shall be bought in this land whereof you say, It is desolate without man or beast. It is given into the hand of the Chaldeans. Men shall buy fields for money and subscribe evidences and seal them and take witnesses in the land of Benjamin and in the places about Jerusalem, and in the cities of Judah, and in the cities of the mountains, and in the cities of the valley, and in the cities of the south, for I will cause their captivity to return, saith the Lord. Well, Jeremiah goes to God in prayer. Number one on his mind is, Lord, why did you have me buy this piece of property? God answers Jeremiah's question as he recounts all the wickedness displayed by Judah. God tells Jeremiah that even though the people are wicked, he will keep his promise and restore them to the land. And this happened in 535 B.C. When he restores them to the land, the property will be restored to the Jewish owners. Verses 16 to 25 record Jeremiah's prayer to God. The answer from God back to Jeremiah is recorded in verses 26 through 44. Notice the condemnation of Jerusalem in verse 31. For this city hath been to me a provocation of mine anger and of my fury from the day that they built it even to this day, that I should remove it from before my face. David was not the founder of Jerusalem. The Jebusites were, big-time idol worshippers. David had finally been able to secure Jerusalem from the Jebusites after several failed attempts by the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. We see that in Joshua chapter 15. 
We've seen an abbreviated review of Judah's sin in verse 35, where it says, And they built the high places of Baal, which are in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to cause their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire to Moloch, which I commanded them not, neither came it into my mind that they should do this abomination to cause Judah to sin. If you want to see additional information on Moloch, consult my notes on Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 20 and 21. We see also that the houses of Judah will be burned, verse 29. The answer from God turns from judgment to restoration, beginning in this chapter in verse 37. The language of the restoration here combines two different occasions into one. Yes, the exiles were returned to their land beginning in 535 B.C. They were very zealous toward God at that time, and they lived in peace, but without any autonomy or a king, and certainly it wasn't forever. This passage does not mention the rule of the Messiah, but it does allude to the new covenant, which is introduced in Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. Take a look at verses 39 and 40 here. And I will give them one heart and one way, that they may fear me forever for the good of them and of their children after them, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them, that I will not turn away from them to do them good, but I will put my fear in their hearts, that they shall not depart from me. Well, here's the reality. The restoration of the exiles in 535 B.C. is not the same occasion as the fulfillment of the yet future new covenant. That will be at the millennium. There's only one way to render this prophecy and its fulfillment. It's obvious that he was referencing the return in 535 B.C. when he purchased the property. That's indisputable. That part of the prophecy was fulfilled with the returns of the exile. However, even though Jeremiah lived to be an old man, I'm relatively certain he did not expect to be around himself 50 years later when the land could be redeemed with his deed. The fulfillment of verses 39 and 40 undoubtedly look to the yet future millennium when the specifications of the new covenant will be realized. In chapter 33, we see another prophecy given from prison by Jeremiah. Jeremiah 33, verse 1. Moreover, the word of the Lord came into Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. For thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the houses of this city, and concerning the houses of the kings of Judah, which are thrown down by the mounts and by the sword. They come to fight with the Chaldeans, but it is to fill them with the dead bodies of men, whom I have slain in my anger and in my fury, and for all whose wickedness I have hid my face from this city. Behold, I will bring it in health and cure, and I will cure them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return, and will build them as at the first. And I will cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me. And I will pardon all their iniquities, whereby they have sinned, and whereby they have transgressed against me. And it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise and an honor before all the nations of the earth, which shall hear all the good that I do unto them, and they shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and for all the prosperity that I procure unto it. Thus saith the Lord, Again there shall be heard in this place, which he says shall be desolate without man, and without beast, even in the cities of Judah, 
and in the streets of Jerusalem that are desolate, without man, without inhabitant, without beast, the voices of joy and the voices of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voice of them that shall say, Praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his mercies endureth forever, and of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. For I will cause to return the captivity of the land, as at the first saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, again, in this place, which is desolate without man and without beast, and in all the cities thereof, shall be an habitation of shepherds, causing their flocks to lie down. In the cities of the mountains, in the cities of the vale, in the cities of the south, in the land of Benjamin, and the places around Jerusalem, and in the cities of Judah shall the flocks pass again under the hands of them that telleth them, saith the Lord. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that will perform that good thing which I have promised unto the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days and at that time I will cause the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David, and he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. In those days shall Judah be saved, and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. And this is the name wherewith he, she shall be called, the Lord our Righteousness. For thus saith the Lord, David shall never want a man to sit upon the throne of the house of Israel. Neither shall the priests, the Levites, want a man before me to offer burnt offerings and to kindle meat offerings and to do sacrifice continually. And the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, If ye can break my covenant of the day and my covenant of the night, and there should not be day and night in their season, then may also my covenants be broken with David my servant, that he should not have a son to reign upon his throne, and with the Levites the priests my ministers. And the host of heaven cannot be numbered, neither the sand of the sea measured. So will I multiply the seed of David my servant, and the Levites that minister unto me. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Considerest thou not what this people have spoken, saying, The two families which the Lord hath chosen, he hath cast them off. Thus they have despised my people, that they should be no more a nation before them. Thus saith the Lord, If my covenant be not with day and night, and if I have not appointed the ordinances of heaven and earth, then will I cast away the seed of Jacob and David my servant, so that I will not take any of his seed to be rulers over the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For I will cause their captivity to return and have mercy on them. With some extra time on his hands, prison kind of gives you that, Jeremiah again prophesies of the coming invasion and capture of Jerusalem in verses 1 through 5. But immediately he follows it with a prophecy of peace in Jerusalem after restoration. However, these events prophesied did not point to the return of the exiles in 535 B.C., but rather the status of Jerusalem before the whole world at the time of the Messiah's return, the millennium. We differentiate those two eras with the presence of the Messiah. These Messianic promises are emphasized in verses 14 to 26 as Jeremiah prophesies the fulfillment of the promises made to David. And those promises were that his lineage would rule the earth. That was provided in the Davidic covenant. I've written a special article on the covenant that God made with David. And you can find it on the main page of BibleTrack.org. We see in verse 17 a reference to this covenant when it says, For thus saith the Lord, David shall never want a man to sit upon the throne of the house of Israel. David's throne was not restored in 535 B.C., but will be during the millennium. One more clarification is in order here. 
the Levitical sacrifices of verse 18. The 1,000-year period known as the millennium will be characterized by the presence of Ezekiel's temple. You see that in Ezekiel chapters 40 and 41. And a system of sacrifices will also be at that time akin to those established under the Mosaic Covenant. We see those in Ezekiel chapter 43. Why sacrifice, one might wonder. After all, didn't the death of Jesus Christ on the cross put a stop to blood sacrifices once and for all? See the Ezekiel 43 notes and you'll get an explanation there. This millennium period is distinctly different from eternity thereafter, which is described in Revelation chapter 21. The sacrifices will cease at that time along with the temple itself. There will be a new heaven, new earth, and new Jerusalem. We are told that the new Jerusalem will have no temple. And that's stated in Revelation 21:22, which says, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. That brings us to Jeremiah chapter 34, where Jeremiah issues a prophecy concerning King Zedekiah. The word which came unto Jeremiah from the Lord, when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army and all his kingdoms of the earth, of his dominion, and all the people fought against Jerusalem, And against all the cities thereof, thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, go and speak to Zedekiah, king of Judah, and tell him, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will give this city into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire, and thou shalt not escape out of his hand, but shall surely be taken, and be delivered into his hand, and thine eyes shall behold the eyes of the king of Babylon, and he shall speak with thee mouth to mouth, and thou shalt go to Babylon." Yet hear the word of the Lord, O king Zedekiah of Judah. Thus saith the Lord of thee, Thou shalt not die by the sword, but thou shalt die in peace. And with the burnings of thy fathers, the former kings which were before thee, so shall they burn odors for thee, and they will lament thee, saying, Ah, Lord, for I have pronounced the word, saith the Lord. Then Jeremiah the prophet spake all these words unto Zedekiah, king of Judah, in Jerusalem. When the king of Babylon's army fought against Jerusalem and against all the cities of Judah that were left, against Lachish and against Azakah, for these defense cities remained of the cities of Jerusalem. This is the word that came into Jeremiah from the Lord, after the king of Zedekiah had made a covenant with all the people which were at Jerusalem to proclaim liberty unto them. That every man should let his manservant and every man his maidservant, being in Hebrew, or in Hebrews, go free, and that none should serve himself of them to wit of a Jew his brother. Now when all the princes and all the people which had entered into the covenant heard that every one should let his manservant, let every one his maidservant go free, that none should serve themselves of them any more, then they obeyed and let them go. But afterward they turned and caused the servants and the handmaids whom they had let go free to return and brought them into the subjection for servants and handmaids. Therefore the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, I made a covenant with your fathers in the day that I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondmen, saying, At the end of seven years let ye go every man his brother in Hebrew, which thou hast sowed unto thee. When he hath served thee six years, thou shalt let him go free from thee. But your fathers hearken not unto me, neither incline their ear." And ye were now turned, and had done right in my sight, in proclaiming liberty every man to his neighbor. And ye had made a covenant before me in the house which is called by my name. But ye turned and polluted my name, and caused every man his servant and every man his handmaid, whom ye had set at liberty at their pleasure to return. 
and brought them into subjection to be unto you for servants and for handmaids. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Ye have not hearkened unto me in proclaiming liberty every one to his brother and every man to his neighbor. Behold, I proclaim a liberty for you, saith the Lord, to the sword, to the pestilence, and to the famine. And I will make you to be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth. And I will give the men that have transgressed my covenant, which have not performed the words of the covenant which they had made before me, when they cut the calf in twain and passed between the parts thereof. The princes of Judah and the prince of Jerusalem, the eunuchs and the priests and all the people of the land, which passed between the parts of the calf. I will even give them into the land of their enemies, into the hand of them that seek their life, and their dead bodies shall be for meat unto the fowls of the heaven and to the beasts of the earth. And Zedekiah king of Judah and his princes will I give into the hand of their enemies and into the hand of them that seek their life, and into the hand of the king of Babylon's army which are gone up from you. Behold, I will command, saith the Lord, and cause them to return to this city, and they shall fight against it and take it and burn it with fire, and I will make the cities of Judah a desolation without an inhabitant. While Zedekiah was uh, king of Judah, you'll recall that he was a puppet of Babylon at the time, and then he decided later on to rebel against Babylon in 589 B.C. It is a bad idea. Jeremiah was a royal pain, pun intended, and as a matter of fact, all the other prophets prophesied that Zedekiah's rebellion against Babylon campaign would be successful, but not Jeremiah. That's why Jeremiah was in jail. He wasn't playing nicely with the other prophets. Here Jeremiah again prophesies the fall of Jerusalem and the capture of Zedekiah. He adds that Zedekiah will not die in battle, but a natural death. That turns out to be bad news, too, when you consider that Zedekiah was captured. He was then forced to watch his children slaughtered and immediately blinded before being transported to Babylon. And Zedekiah didn't die but the sword at the hand of the enemy. Just as Jeremiah had prophesied, we see that in 2 Kings chapter 25. Then there's the slave issue. Jewish law freed slaves every seven years according to the law in Deuteronomy chapter 15 verses 1 through 18. Under siege from the Babylonians and in compliance with King Zedekiah's wishes, the citizens of Jerusalem did free their slaves as they were supposed to do, but then they changed their minds and enslaved them again. Jeremiah prophesies against these folks who had reneged in verse 12. In verses 18 to 22, we see a declaration of a particularly unpleasant demise for those men who had violated this covenant of God. It's presumed that they allowed the slaves to go free when they perceived the fall of Jerusalem to be imminent. However, it appeared for a time that Babylon might not be successful. We see that in Jeremiah chapter 37. Perhaps it was at that time that the previous slave owners reneged on their compliance with the Mosaic law regarding the freeing of their slaves. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton. 